Here's a true story. Mrs. Smart came to church, and during the offering, she was fumbling around in her purse. And before she knew it, a large television remote fell out and bounced in the wooden aisle, making a big noise. And an usher crept over to her, because it was sort of a quiet moment in worship, and bent over to uh, relieve her and pick up the remote and whispered in her ear, do you always carry your TV remote in your purse? No, she replied, but my husband refused to come to church with me today. He knew it was a stewardship sermon, and it was the most evil and legal thing that I could do to him. We are invited in these days, all of us, to prayerful reflection about the abundant resources of our lives, the blessings that God has bestowed on us, our, our wealth, and what we're going to do with it. And we are, as a church family, thinking about our commitments and our support for God's work through this church. Stewardship uh, plans are emerging, and next Sunday is Commitment Sunday, as you already heard. Listen now to this passage from Mark chapter 12. It's also found in your bulletin. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers, they will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury, and many rich people came and put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called to his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, the poor widow has put in more than all of these, others who are contributing to the treasury, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she has, out of her poverty, put everything in she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. So this passage appears on an initial reading to be a simple story. Even a story may be appropriate for stewardship season. Right away, we pick up on some key passages, key messages. The word beware jumps right out. Beware of the scribes, Jesus says. They like to walk around in long robes and act all pious and holy. They're obviously out of favor with Jesus. They devour widows' houses, Jesus says. He's pointing out hypocritical behavior. In fact, he's disgusted with hypocritical behavior. And then this passage moves to the synagogue, and Jesus points out a widow who, in contrast to all the others making an offering, puts in two small coins. It's the familiar story of the widow's mite. The mite is the name of the copper coin. It's worth one half a penny. Jesus seems to commend her for putting everything she had in. And we might be quick to say, what a great example of generosity, authentic graciousness. It seems perfect for stewardship season, but not so fast. 
not so fast. This is not a simple story that condemns ostentatious religious practices like praying long prayers and parading in robes and finding the best seats in the synagogue. We know all of this is hypocritical behavior and it is to be abhorred. And this is not just a story of a faithful and sacrificial woman, a poor widow, and Jesus is urging us to be like her. We are not like her. We are, especially here in this place, among the world's wealthiest people. We're the ones who can give out of abundance because of all the resources and options that we have. So what's going on here in this simple story? This is another story where Jesus emphasizes extremely God's care for poor people. It's another story to help us reframe how we're living our lives. If God cares about the poor, so should God's people. That's the message. There is no faithfulness, there's no discipleship without getting proximate with poverty. So you may have seen the news story recently about the large gathering of evangelicals in Indiana. Many of these evangelicals got caught up in the momentum of the former president, and they recently realized that their evangelical faith could not line up with the former president. This was the headline. In a post-Trump world, these pastors are ditching the evangelical label for something new. This was a two-day meeting in October, late October, in South Bend at a church, and it was originally supposed to be for 25 people, and more than 100 people showed up. And to quote an article from the Washington Post, this gathering is part of a larger reckoning inside congregations and among evangelicals grappling with their faith identity in the wake of Donald Trump's presidency. As we have seen and heard, the evangelical movement has been co-opted and misdirected away from Jesus' teachings. So one of the things that these post-evangelicals were realizing God cares about many things, but God absolutely cares about the poor. People who seek to follow Jesus need to take seriously Jesus' consistent concern for the poor. And here's the real news. Poverty continues to be a major problem right here in Virginia. The latest data confirms that one in nine people in the Commonwealth live in poverty. And that phrase, live in poverty, is actually kind of misleading. A family of four is considered to live in poverty if they make less than $26,500 a year. That's a little over $6,000 per person per household. Imagine that. And one in nine, more than 10%, live below that line. So we have lots of work to do as Jesus' people tending to the poor. To follow Jesus is to take seriously the prevalence of poverty. That's a major message in this 
little story. And Jesus reiterates this point with his criticism of the scribes. You cannot be faithful if you devour widows' houses. This is right in line with the teachings of Deuteronomy and right in line with the prophet Isaiah and right in line with the prophet Jeremiah and the prophet Amos and so much more of what we're all supposed to learn about God. It doesn't matter what your prayers sound like if you're out stomping on poor people. It doesn't matter what your worship looks like if you don't care about those who are right in front of you, especially those who are vulnerable. Historical evidence shows us what the scribes were doing. The scribes in this era functioned as a sort of combination priest slash lawyer between teaching in the synagogues and handling minor business affairs also. So if you get priests and lawyers mixing in life, you know it's fraught for a potential for abuse. The scribes taught the Torah, but they also wrote deeds of ownership. The scribes kept the rules about the temple, but they also handled marriage license and birth certificates and, and death notifications and more. And if all of this was their role, they could easily cheat widows, charging them excessive fees. They could take advantage of widows' hospitality, which was part of the custom that day. And as Jesus alludes, if widows could not pay, they would take their homes. So Jesus calls them out, hypocrites, devouring widows' houses. The issue here, Jesus is trying to teach compassion and justice and fairness. And in particular, care for the poor. Disciples of Jesus, pay attention to poor people. This is why I'm so grateful to be part of this church family. We know that we do not exist for ourselves alone. We exist to serve God, and that service of God extends along these streets and out into this community. We're trying to live this out as a Matthew 25 church. I hope you've heard by now. That means feed the hungry, visit the prisoners, give sight to the blind. We will never finish this work. We're starting a shower ministry as you, I hope, have heard, to complement our feeding program on Monday. We know that our worship is important and we love our worship here, but only as we work for God. Trying to move the world closer to God's shalom. We are seeking to be faithful stewards, caring for the poor, and that work is never ending. And then there's this second part of this passage, Jesus watching the people come and bring their gifts. And it says, many rich people came and put in large sums, and then this widow comes and she brings in two copper coins, and Jesus does not actually celebrate what she's doing. He simply says, she gave more than all the others, because they gave out of their abundance, and she gave all that she had to live on. Would that be a good thing? Would that be a good thing for a poor widow to give all that she had to live on? Is that fair? Would Jesus rejoice in someone giving everything and becoming even more destitute and poor? 
especially if it goes to the treasury where the scribes are devouring widows' homes? I don't think so. See, this is not just a simple story commending the the giving of a poor widow. I don't think Jesus wants any of us to become more destitute. Jesus certainly would not want us giving to a treasury that devours widows and lives hypocritically. So what's going on in the second part of this passage? Think about this. What we see in this widow and her generous giving of two coins is actually worshipful sacrifice. As he observed the people in the synagogue that day, Jesus points out that so many people are giving out of their abundance, but the widow gave out of her poverty. Sacrificial giving is really the point here, especially giving that reaches out to the poor and vulnerable. Giving that leads to bringing about God's shalom. That's what Jesus is urging. Worshipful giving, especially that strives to make the world a better place, a place with more hope and more light and particularly for those in darkness and in despair, especially the poor, Jesus always asks that we give sacrificially and faithfully so that there are less and less poor people. We're called, all of us, to give out of our abundance in a generous and sacrificial way that brings about the reign of God in our city, in our commonwealth, across the world. And also, whenever Jesus talks about poverty, there's also a corresponding call to generosity. Beware, we live in a world full of hypocrites. Beware, our tendency is to take care of ourselves and stay turned inward. Beware, our inclination is to be driven by fears and insecurities and other worries Beware, Jesus, the time is short. The kingdom of God is at hand. Beware. Let's live generously and faithfully so that the poor are lifted up and the lame can walk and the blind can see and it brings about God's coming reign. We live with generosity for that reason. We're called to have genuine genuine hearts that seek to align with Jesus' heart. We're called for grateful spirits that see Jesus in everyone we meet. Everyone we meet. We're called to be generous, especially with the abundance that we've been given. Jesus keeps urging us to turn outward. Generosity. This is what we keep working on with ourselves, with our community, with our city and the world. Generous living following Jesus. I wonder if you've heard the story of Osceola McCarty. This is a woman, an African-American woman from Mississippi who earned a living by washing and ironing. McCarty, who never married, was in the sixth grade when she had to leave school because her aunt got sick and her mother had to go take care of her aunt and she was to take over her mother's washing and ironing 
business. I just washed and ironed, she says. She never owned a car. Late in life, at the urging of bank personnel, she did buy a window air conditioner for her home. And McCarty's arthritis forced her to retire at the age of 86. McCarty scrimped. McCarty saved, however, until she was able to leave $150,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi. And it was for African-American children to get an education. And after hearing about McCarty's amazing gift to the university, Ted Turner, a name you know probably, a multi-billionaire, gave away a billion dollars. He said, if that woman can live with that kind of generosity, I can give away a billion dollars. I just want to help somebody go to college, McCarty said. I can't do everything, but I can do something to help somebody. I wish I could do more, but what I can do, I will do. Amen, Osceola. Amen. Friends, we live in challenging times. We got lots of things on our hearts, in our minds. We got lots of issues that maybe keep us up and turn it over and over in the middle of the night. Maybe it's about our nation. Maybe it's about fatigue from the pandemic. Maybe it's about something going on in your own family. We live in challenging times. And you know what? Jesus keeps going along with us. And Jesus keeps saying, Come on, come on. And Jesus keeps saying, pay attention to the poor. And Jesus keeps saying, be generous. This is our calling, friends, all of us, today, tomorrow, forever. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall, to turn to you is to rise, to hear your call, to seek to live with generosity, especially to the most vulnerable well, that is to stand forever, abide forever in your love. We seek that way, following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.